Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Behind the Stigma. I'm Ciara Nova, your host, and in today's episode, we are back with Elina Vasilake, our clinical psychologist, and today's topic we'll be discussing is anger. We all get angry. It's a normal feeling. And often our anger can be justified. For example, if someone said something to hurt us or if we experience or witness a form of injustice, it is natural that it makes us mad. But anger isn't always healthy. And if you're one of those people who gets angry easily and over small things, it's easy to recognize how it can be bad for you. It can affect your relationships, but more importantly, it can impact yourself. And by that, I mean affect you mentally and physically. So in this episode, we will discuss anger as an emotion, when our anger is something we need to address and reflect on, and how we can deal or recognize short temper and severe anger. Alina, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Thank you for having me here. Very interesting. And I love the fact that um, you're bringing up this um, this subject. I think anger is uh, very present. Um, as you well said, uh, it's one of um, the normal, typical emotional reactions. And I think we all experience it. So let's talk about it. 100%. Yeah, it's a very, very interesting emotion. So I want to actually start off with identifying it. So as humans, I know we have some core emotions, right? Like happiness, sadness, fear, etc. What is anger? And is it one of our core emotions? And then once you kind of talk about that, where is the line between anger that is that we can say, what is the line between healthy and then anger that actually starts to destroy us? So anger is one of um, our basic emotions. We, uh, as I said before, we all experience it. Uh, I don't think there is any any person in this world that never experienced anger. However, you see, my concept about anger is that it's somehow a secondary emotion, mm-hmm. and it's always um, hiding in the in the back either sadness or fear. Uh, I like to simplify things for when when I discuss um, um, emotional regulation with my clients, with my patient, with my with my people. Um, I always tell them just just simplify things. When we talk about emotions, there are two basic emotions: it's fear and sadness, right? Uh, anger is in general secondary emotion. Every time you feel anger, try to identify if you either scared by something or you feel hurt or sad or both. It can be a mixture between both of them. Yeah. Um, it's absolutely natural to feel angry at certain points. And you've asked me if, um, if it can be, um, damaging. Yes. Um, if it can really, uh, affect us definitely is not, uh, anger is emotional discomfort. Nobody likes to feel angry, but I would say, that anger is dangerous when we do not express it um, in the correct uh, way and we try to repress it. Actually, mm-hmm. and maybe we'll talk more about this uh, later on in this episode, but actually that's the, the part of anger that is really, really unhealthy. Yeah. You mentioned uh, emotional regulation and then uh, the suppression of anger. So I actually would like to continue and lead with that. 
when, when we learn about, first of all, I would actually like you to clarify what exactly emotional regulation is and how people regulate their emotions. But what is the difference between ER and suppression? You know, obviously suppression isn't a good thing for our bodies, but then, you know, emotional regulation interventions teach us to be in charge of our emotions. Is there a distinction between how we regulate our emotions versus how we suppress it? There's a big, big difference between the two of them, definitely. So emotional regulation means, as uh, you said, I'm somehow in control of my emotions. I experience them and I'm okay with experiencing emotions. So I'm not hiding them and I'm not trying to run away from them because a lot of people, well, they, they have um, as a mechanism um, something that we call emotional avoidance, which is emotionally and psychologically speaking, very unhealthy. So um, emotional, correct emotional regulation is about I'm experiencing the emotion, I'm noticing it, I'm aware of it, I validate it, so I do not tell myself off for experiencing a certain emotion because we don't choose our emotions. But at the same time, I regulate it, meaning then, meaning that the emotions do not control my behavior and my reactions. I am kind of on top of those emotions. Obviously, this comes from, again, can be taught from childhood, if we've seen it in our parents or if they taught us how to do it or if they were there to kind of soothe us, then we learn how to regulate our emotions. But some people also, they can learn this, um, you know, during the therapy. So we work a lot um, in the area of emotional regulation. So basically, it's simply do not be scared, not to be scared of emotions. Emotions are not controlling my reactions or my behaviors. I am controlling my emotions, but I do feel them. I feel them. I'm aware of them. I am um, sometimes even throw myself into the wave of emotions, but somehow I still have that control over them and I'm managing to push through them. So that is emotional regulation. Now, suppressing emotions is completely different. Is either I am not aware a lot of people are very, very um, unable to even detect correctly their emotions or I'm running away from those emotions. So I feel the wave of a negative emotion and I desperately try to do something to not to feel it. And that in general comes with some unhelpful behaviors and reactions. Or I react in a, in a very, you know, chaotic manner. Uh, or I try to hold it in somehow. I don't talk about it. I don't experience it. I uh, somehow personally ignore it. And that's repressing the emotion, which is very, very harmful, even physically for our body, because somehow um, that uh, puts a lot of pressure on our body to to somehow suppress those negative emotions. It's almost like they, they all accumulate inside of us. And somehow... Uh, at one point in life, there will be uh, an expression coming from those emotions, even if it's not, uh, let's say, verbally, it can be even physically. Um, and there are a lot of studies that uh, relate to this uh, emotional suppression uh, with, uh, with serious uh, diseases. Yeah, exactly. So kind of talking about our bodily reactions to it, what happens to your body when you experience too much anger? 
I know there's immediate bodily sensations, right? Like maybe heart beating fast and like our fight or flight response kicking in. But also I know there's some long-term negative effects of anger. What are your thoughts on that? I think uh, in response to anger, the body actually um, has an increase in the noradrenaline, goes into this kind of fighting mode, right? If we think about it, the anger is... um, uh, it has this function as well. So anger is powerful, makes us feel, um, makes us get an increase in the energy, in our power, uh, gives us a little bit of strength if you think about it. And let's go back to the instincts, right? When we are hungry, <laughs> when we're hungry, we get irritable and we get angry, actually, um, because of increased levels of cortisol and basically what the body does, it prepares us to go and hunt. Yeah. So we can see that the the main function of anger actually is to give us a push, a, 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 a power. Yeah. It's very powerful. Um, so um, short term, I cannot say that anger is harmful to our body. Our body is prepared to experience these uh, waves of increase of noradrenaline. But I would say continuous um, anger, it's an issue. It's definitely an issue. And uh, But when we see continuous uh, levels of anger, that comes with other side effects in the, in the person's life, uh, either at a social level and interpersonal level, either at a personal level. Um, and continuous, and by the way, a lot of cases of depression, believe it or not, are actually um, suppressed anger. So people that get angry at life, for example, and that is reflected as a as a deep depression, actually. So, as we can see, um, there are different different manifestations of anger. Um, again, short term is not harmful for our body because our body is actually biologically prepared to experience it, and it has the function to give us this power. But long term anger, yes, it can be harmful. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you in terms of the comorbidity. Anger comes also with a lot of other emotions or experiences. But I find it really interesting how you said anger is a secondary emotion. Um, I guess that goes in line with the emotional theorist Paul Ekman, who says pretty much the same thing that anger actually comes from, you know, either fear or sadness. And it kind of made me think about myself in terms of when I get angry. And when you really deeply look at the root of it, it, it's true. Most of the time, it's either that that anger we feel rejected or maybe, you know, something made us feel sad, whether it was an injustice. So there is that core um, understanding of the anger. But at the same time, there are people that get triggered or angry by very little things. You know, they explode on everything and anything and perhaps things that shouldn't make them angry. And well, for me, from personal experience, I suffer with that on the road. (laughs) And people who know me very well says that I have a serious case of road rage. But I can't help but wonder if it's, is it just about the traffic or is it linked to something else? For example, my dad's severe road rage and severe hatred for being late. So I guess what I'm trying to ask is, does anger or especially people with short tempers is there a root cause of this? Like, is there something else at play? I know it's a difficult, like it's a complex question to think about, but generally people who get triggered easily, what is happening there? 
Well, if we see that we're getting triggered very easily, then definitely we should uh, investigate a little bit because it's not normal to have such a short temper, right? To get t- triggered so easily. It's all, there's always another explanation there. And again, this is very, very, um, a very personalized, uh, you know, explanation. Each person will have, will be a different case, will be a different uh, reason there. Um, you see, again, Anger, it, it happens, but uh, we all, as humans, we're supposed to have a certain level of tolerance, right? So things can frustrate me, but it doesn't mean I will always get so triggered to a point where I am in serious emotional discomfort. For example, um, you're, you're telling me about your road rage. Uh, there's something else going on there. Um, knowing you a little bit, I would say that it can easily be the fact that you are very punctual in general. You 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 have the tendency to be very very self-disciplined as a as a person. And uh, sorry if I'm sharing now a little bit about your personality mm-hmm. uh, traits, but uh, probably the fact that you are very self-disciplined, you're very hard on yourself, you respect things a lot. Uh, when when things go out of your control, and um, you know because of other people you get to, to be late or um, you know you get to to have to do certain things that are out your plans then that frustrates you more than than usual um, again it can be very very specific explanation uh, but it's not normal for a person to be triggered very very easily and again <clears throat> you see um, when a lot of people come to to my consultation and they say i have i need anger management i smile and i say okay then tell me what upsets you tell me what hurts you yeah so if we see an angry person we should try to figure out what's behind that anger and of course sometimes it's been accumulation of things so let's say a person can drag anger from years for years and years and at the stage where we see them we see them just uh, very very bitter person that reacts at everything and anything and it's a you know very kind of a, a unpleasant person to be around but um we need to listen we should always listen and again i always teach my people express your anger but express it in an assertive way another case where we see accumulated anger and this is very very common lack of assertiveness so we have um Again, there's, there's so many, so many different cases and different explanations. But very commonly, what I see, people that do not express on the spot immediately their frustration or what bothers them, or they they simply just take things that um, dis- they disagree with and they accept things and they accept things and they accept and they do not say anything. They try to contain all that frustration and eventually, boom, they'll explode. Yeah. So I always um, teach my people to express in an assertive way what bothers them as soon as possible, not to let it boil yeah, inside. Um, so, um, and, and I work with adults as I work with children, I tell them rules of anger, simple rules of anger. Do not hurt yourself. Do not hurt others. Do not hurt properties or objects around you. Yeah. Verbally or physically do express your anger in a, in an assertive way. Assertive way means what? I'm not, again, it's not meant to hurt. It's meant to just explain and express. Yeah. 
So yeah, different explanations for different cases. Yeah, that was very beautifully said. And I definitely want to go into more in terms of some of the ways on on dealing with anger and how you deal with your patients. But you briefly touched upon anger management. And I do want to know your thoughts on anger management programs and if you think of any better alternatives, for example, CBT, because you really beautifully said about being aware of the anger and expressing the anger in an assertive way. I really like it. And as someone with short temper, it it kind of you know resonated with me and I'm going to think a bit more about it. So going back to my question, what are your thoughts on anger management programs? Do you think they work? Maybe for some, maybe not so much. And then what do you think are better alternative options? Uh, anger management uh, per se is simply not uh, my approach. Um, because if a person comes and says, I need anger management, I cannot control my anger. First thing I will tell them is, okay, let's, let's hear where is that anger coming from? What hurts you so badly to uh, make you experience this anger? And, um, I would always tell them, you can't control your anger just as anybody else can control, you can also control. Just let's see what's going on. So anger management, you know, if we put it like that, it's almost as if, um, we try to treat addiction without even seeing or looking into the trauma of those people in their past. So it's, it's a very, in my opinion, it's very shallow and it's very superficial and it's not correcting the, the mm-hmm. negative beliefs of, of those people suffering from, um, this struggle with the anger. Um, so I, I go normally deeper into figuring out you know, what is that anger trying to tell us? That person Mm -hmm. is experiencing anger, there's some kind of emotional suffering. And it can be an incorrect emotional suffering because of an incorrect interpretation. For example, they set up a a filter of um, everybody uh, disrespects me, right? Um, This is a very common one. So let's say that, um, you know, when a car um, cuts you off while you're driving, your first maybe interpretation without you even realizing, but you're tapping into a belief of or into a thought of nobody respects me. And I have these clients a lot, a lot, particularly with this example, that they get so angry um, while driving because people you know, cut them off and they come in front and they do not respect rules. In general, there are people that um, they are very self-disciplined and they respect a lot the rules and they feel that they are not respected in general or they are not imposing enough or they are not, uh, you know, um, somehow yeah, given their their place in the society, in the family, and the, there's something else going on there. So you see, um, we need to to really investigate and understand Where's the anger coming from? And we need to deal with that part first. And then we can work on the kind of anger regulation, I would call it, not management. So, you know, to teach the person how to be aware of the fact that the, you know, wave of anger is coming, how to stop it before it reaches a certain level where it's really hard to control, how to uh, maybe cool down, this kind of techniques that they use in the protocol of anger management. But that is very surface work, I call it. I normally go deeper and try to to see what's going on. Very beautifully said once again. And I agree, this investigation that you're mentioning is so, so important. You actually blew my mind here, Alina, because you just made me connect two dots that 
with just a simple explanation. For example, with my road rage, you mentioned about my punctuality. And I'm mentioning this because it could be helpful for someone else for connecting the dots. I noticed that when I listen to a podcast or I don't feel like I'm late somewhere and I'm just driving, all of a sudden the traffic doesn't bother me anymore. But I make a conscious effort to say, you know what, I'm not running late anywhere. So it doesn't matter if someone cuts in front of me. And then I either put on some music or sometimes I even put on a podcast. And then all of a sudden, it really doesn't matter anymore because I'm technically just cruising. So perhaps it is really related to my to my punctuality, the fact that I have severe so-called road rage and not something else. And this idea that I always, always need to be early. So no matter what it is or where I'm going, which again, links back to the way my dad was. So yeah, it, it's so important to to investigate and to really go to why does this make me so angry? Okay, so in your case, basically, I would tell you, um, as you're explaining uh, this uh, raw rage that you're experiencing, sounds like your anger um, hides what? Fear. You are basically scared or getting anxious about being late because, you know, you don't like being late. So as we can see, this is an example where anger is what we can see at the surface, but deep inside, probably, you're very scared of being late. 100%. And hopefully this can help other people to understand, okay, now that I know that I'm so scared of being late, maybe it's sometimes to just learn how to say, you know what, it's okay. <laughs> Nothing will happen if you're five minutes late. But I also um, want to talk about, before we finally get into some of the tips, I want to talk about how can we protect ourselves from people that make us angry. So I've noticed that for some people, there are trigger people, <laughs> if that makes sense. Some people have certain, you know, individuals that really trigger anger in them. And most of the time it's close friends and family. I've noticed that, that we get more trigger, we get more angry by people that we love rather than by strangers. Do you have any sort of tips on how we can, you know, protect or what is kind of at the core of, of that? It is true that we get triggered more by people that are family members or loved ones. Um, and that's absolutely normal. And that confirms exactly my theory that behind anger, there is mm. sadness. So for sure, we will get more triggered by, you know, a loved one that doesn't show us love or a loved one that sometimes uh, dismisses our requests or right so it's again because it hurts us more uh, because we've invested our feelings right uh, in, in that relationship so we'll always get more triggered by people that are close to us well what can we do about it definitely if i see that um, this happens in a relationship where i can of, of which I can let go, then let go. Um, if not, and it's somebody very close and I treasure that relationship, then I need to talk about it. I need to talk about the aspect that bothers me. But again, I need to really look deep into what hurts me there and try to express that. And communication is key. If I am, if it's about a relationship that is dear to my heart, 
being family member, being romantic relationship, whatever, friendship. If it's something that I consider is dear to my heart and something is triggering me, something is upsetting me, I stop for a second. I think very well about what hurts me there, not what makes me angry, because that's, again, at the surface. I go deeper into seeing what hurts me, and that is what I try to um, express towards that person. So I sit down with that person and I talk about it. And always that's the key to, to solve things and to, to feel less triggered. Definitely if the other person is not responding well, then sometimes we need to uh, work with acceptance. I cannot change, right? I cannot, I cannot change other people that's on their side. So, um, Sometimes you hit a wall and you see that the other person cannot, uh, you know, receive your message. It's not able to understand. Um, and in that case, you have to see what you tell yourself. See, just as, uh, um, you know, on the, uh, the steering wheel, when you can say, it's okay if I'm late five minutes, nothing will happen. You can also um, try to guide yourself through these moments when you get triggered to say, you, to, to tell yourself, it's okay if, if this person cannot understand this particular uh, request of mine, or it's okay if this person cannot answer to this emotional need of mine because they are doing well with this, with this, with this. So then you calm yourself down by um, reminding yourself of other positives um, that you have from that relationship. And again, you need to assess very well if that relationship is worth it, is, you know, you treasure it, is important for you. Um, and in other cases where, you know, the relationship is not that important, you can easily let go and, you know, just distance yourself. That is also your right to protect yourself from constantly being triggered. Yeah, But also we need to understand if this is not your problem. So I have, I deal with a lot of cases where, again, it goes back to uh, traumas or it goes back to situations in their past. A lot of people that have this core negative belief of I'm not important or I'm nothing or I am uh, insignificant for others, right? So they'll get immediately triggered. Let's say that um, they put a message on a WhatsApp group and nobody is responding to that message. Automatically, they will feel not important, insignificant. So then they'll react even to that, right? And as we can see, it can easily be that the rest of the people, they were really busy or there was nothing to mention more or whatever. But the person, because they have this wound, they will immediately react. Yeah. So each case, again, um, I'm sorry to repeat myself, but each case is different and we need to really, really listen to this anger. Where is it coming from? And anger always tells us something more. It's not just what we see as a reaction, as shouting, screaming, uh, you know, throwing things around and tantrums. It's something else there. So we need to actually see what is the anger telling us. Wow. Wow, Alina, you, you've given us a lot to think about. I definitely agree. And I really like how you mentioned two things. The first one is about our unhealed wounds. Sometimes the situation doesn't present. It's not about the situation, right? It's about what that situation made us feel and made us remember from the past that, like you said, has been wounded. And the second thing I really like how you mentioned the power or acceptance. And I sometimes feel we underestimate the power of acceptance. And just as you once mentioned, 
just letting it be, you know, just uh, taking that and saying, well, this is exactly what it is and being at peace with it. And something as simple as that sometimes can make such a huge difference. Of course, it takes a lot of practice and, you know, a lot of willpower to to get to that stage. But I think once you do reach that stage, uh, it can be extremely powerful. As a final question, I do, I would love for you to give us maybe three tips on dealing with anger. It could be, maybe one of them can be immediate tips. For example, when someone is triggered, when they're waiting in line or, you know, when they, as you mentioned before, were overcut or overtaken or anything immediate, but it could also be maybe something you can deal with in the long term. And I know you've already given us so many beautiful um, kind of insights into, into anger, but just something that they can take with them by the end of this episode. Yeah, so um, probably I'll, I'll repeat here some of the points that I've mentioned before. So if the situation is really something small, something insignificant, such as uh, your example of driving and getting super upset and us living in Dubai here, we know how that feels, um, or sitting in a queue and uh, people pushing you around or this kind of simple daily situations that can happen anywhere. Um, see here, um, it's very, very important to go into that acceptance and to, um, and I always teach my people to choose helpful thoughts, right? Going back to that CBT, cognitive behavior uh, therapy and the cognitive restructuring. So choose very, very helpful thoughts in those moments and just tell yourself, I can deal with this. I can let go of this. I can, I can, this I can is uh, super powerful, actually. It can be more powerful than the actual anger. I can let go of this. I can keep calm in this situation. I can not be bothered about this. Yeah. So I can uh, laugh about it. Or equally, I can choose helpful thoughts such as, I will not remember about this in two hours. Because it's true, we get so angry and we get so upset and we get into such a emotional discomfort in these small situations, but we don't remember them after half an hour because other things that are more significant come to take place in our mind, right? When you get so angry behind your steering wheel, I'm sure that by the time you get to work or to university or wherever you're going, you forgot about it already. So what's the point to go through such a huge wave of discomfort? when it's not significant. So it's very important that in the moment you remind yourself that this is not important for me to actually get upset. Yeah. So we reduce the significance of it or we actually remind ourselves of the re real um, significance, Yeah. which is not that much. Uh, so that's one tip for the situations that are, you know, very insignificant daily situations that can happen anytime. Um, second, I would say if it is important, um, as mentioned before, I always, always suggest communication. Assertive communication is very important. The more we practice assertive communication, so when something bothers me, I do express it, but I express it uh, in an assertive way, meaning that I um, don't attack. I simply express how it makes me feel without feeling shame of my feelings, about my feelings. So um, the fact that you are um, never answering to my messages makes me feel very sad. 
because I believe I'm not important and what would really help me in the future is if you acknowledge my messages. So um, this is uh, an example of an assertive communication. And the sooner I, I express, the better. Yeah, so I don't accumulate that anger deep inside. And third point, I guess, when we really, really feel accumulation of anger, also, this is part of the behavior strategies, um, identify something that helps you shake the anger. Yeah, I call it shake the anger, just like shaking the, the stress, right? I don't know, go for a run, go for a walk, put some music and dance, go for a boxing uh, class. Uh, something that in general, if you, you've you accumulated a lot of frustration, um, you know that you can release that noradrenaline into a very, very uh, healthy way. And that can also help with the regulation of anger. Wow. Alina, I love these tips. Thank you so much for sharing such valuable information as always. And uh, yeah, this has been a really, really insightful episode and I hope it has for our listeners as well. Thank you guys for tuning in and listening as always. And we will catch you in the next episode. Thank you all. Thank you. A pleasure being here as always. And if you feel angry, try to listen to your anger is telling you something. <laughs> Absolutely. Catch you guys next time.